want to socialize and normalize sex in the real world, make it easier for everyone to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Leumitech, Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. Let's talk about porn and sex. We have with us Cindy Galb, the founder and CEO of MakeLoveNotPorn.com. Launched at TED of 2009, a pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. She turned Make Love Not Porn into the world's first user-generated, human-curated social sex video-sharing platform, makelovenotporn.tv, socializing and normalizing sex in order to make it easier to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. Cindy speaks at conferences globally and consults, describing her approach as, I like to blow shit up. I am the Michael Bay of business. Cindy Gell, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm great and thrilled to be here, Michael. I'm, I'm thrilled to have you here. Are you calling from London right now? Um, no, I live in New York, where I've lived for the past um, 23 years. So I'm in my New York apartment. Oh. I, so I, 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 the last I remember was from 23 years ago, so I just haven't been updated. But uh, thank you for the clarification. Cindy, I, I, I love the shirt you're there wearing because we are going to talk today about Make Love Not Porn. Uh, Cindy, I'm, I'm proud to say that I'm talking to somebody who started a, a, a website that is centered around sex, knowledge, uh, pro-sex, pro-knowledge. You launched uh, your movement back in 2009 on the TED stage, which is a, a huge honor, and I'd love to hear about that experience. But Give me a little bit of a rundown about your life and how do you get to start a, you know, a pro-sex knowledge website? Sure. So the answer is by complete accident, Michael. I never set out to do what I now find myself doing. Um, it came about through my direct personal experience dating younger men and realizing um, that I was experiencing what happens when two things converge. And I stress the dual convergence because most people think it's only one thing. I realized I was experiencing what happens when today's total freedom of access to hardcore porn online meets our society's equally total reluctance to talk openly and honestly about sex. It's when those yes. two things converge, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And so I decided to do something about this. And 11 years ago, um, I put up on no money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. Launched at TED, as you mentioned, became the only TED speaker to say the words come on my face on the TED stage, six times in succession. The talk went viral as a result. And it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. Thousands of people wrote to me from every country in the world, young and old, men and females, straight and gay. And so I felt I had a responsibility to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that would make it much more far-reaching, helpful and effective. And so given that um, our mission is um, as you mentioned, our tagline says we are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And so I turned Make Love Not Porn into the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. 
So we are pioneering a whole new category on the internet that never before existed, social sets. We're like what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which obviously doesn't, because we want to socialize and normalize sex in the real world, make it easier for everyone to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. So we call ourselves the social sex revolution. So we're talking about, you know, you mentioned this idea of being good in bed. And I think that one of the things that, you know, I've come to to realize, and I don't think that it, sh- it should have been a self-realization. I think it, it, it should be a pretty common understanding. And then there is no one set way of being good in bed, right? There is no right or wrong way to have sex. It's about the communication. It's about whether you're enjoying your partner and the partner is enjoying you. And it's that communication that is the derivative of that, right? It's, it ha- you can't replicate what you do with one partner with another partner because it's a different relationship. No. Um, no, exactly, Michael. But also, being good in bed starts further back than that. So um, when I say make love not porn's missions, it's a very simple thing. Make it easy to talk about sex. Because we don't do that currently, people don't get how massively, profoundly, society transformative that would be. And here's what I mean. I designed Make Love Not Porn around my own beliefs and philosophies, one of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. So I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed. But they should because in bed values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. So here's my worldview of what the world will be like when Make Love Not Porn achieves its mission at scale. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior, the same way they currently bring kids up to have good values and behavior in every other area of life, we will therefore cease to bring up rapists because the only way that you end rape culture is by embedding in society and openly talked about, promoted, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we also end Me Too. We end sexual harassment, abuse, violence, all areas where the perpetrators currently rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure victims never speak up, never go to authorities, never tell anybody. When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And when we do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I talk about Make Love Not Porn as my attempt to bring about world peace, and I'm not joking. Cindy, uh, I've I've done more than 300 episodes of this, and this is one of the most uh, awesome and inspiring things that I've heard. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about about this viewpoint that you have. You're tying this now, you know, it started out from, you know, sex education to actually talking about, you know, rape, rape and harassment and the Me Too movement. Go a little bit deeper with me. How are these things? And are we moving actually towards that? So, um, so it, it's very simple, Michael, because what I designed Make Love Not Porn to be is education through demonstration. 
Okay. Mm. And so what I mean by that is right now in the era of Me Too, quite rightly, everybody is talking about consent. Everybody is writing about consent. There are lots of thoughtful, nuanced, insightful think pieces out there about consent. Here's the problem. Nobody knows what consent actually looks like in bed. The only way you educate people as to what is great consensual communicative sex, good sexual values and behavior is by watching people actually having that kind of sex. And make love not porn is the only place on the internet you can do that. So that's why I call us education through demonstration. But, 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 but here's, you know, this is fundamentally the reason why I designed Make Love Not Porn to be a video sharing platform. Because the number one use case for YouTube globally is how-to videos. It far outstrips YouTube's second biggest use case, which is entertainment. First and foremost, people all around the world go to YouTube to watch how-to videos on how to do anything and everything. I created Make Love Not Porn to be the global go-to hub for how-to videos on anything and everything to do with real-world sex. And so our members write to us and tell us that, you know, watching our real-world sex videos has shown them how to expand their sexual repertoires, you know, do things that they haven't thought of doing before. I mean, we get very moving comments. One woman left a comment. She said, this is on one of our lesbian videos. We're all, all inclusive, you know, fully LGBTQ, everything. So she left a comment saying, I've been in the closet for 25 years. I've only just come out. This video showed me how to make love to a woman. Thank you so much. You know, and so, you know, we are that crucial source of sex education that nobody else is providing, which is, as I said, a window onto how we all have sex in the real world, operating good sexual values and good sexual behavior. So Cindy, tell me a little bit about where are we moving from here? So here we have Cindy Galb that is making an extraordinary effort to, to you know, both fix our sex education and our mindsets, but really has far outreaching implications and, and a real big butterfly effect that, that I'm already convinced. But what needs to happen in order for these things to actually become mainstream? How do we get our society to actually go towards the path that you're talking about? Right. Do you know, Michael, the answer to that is it's not about society. Because ever since I launched Make Love Not Porn 11 years ago, I've had nothing but a universally positive response from every country in the world. And by the way, we have members and traffic from 184 countries that Make Love Not Porn. We're fully wow. Um, Here's the issue. I had no idea when I embarked on this venture that I and my tiny team would fight an enormous battle every single day to build it. Essentially because every piece of business infrastructure any other tech startup takes for granted. We can't. The small print always says no adult content. And that is all pervasive across the entire business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. So for example, I can't get funded. I'm going to come back to that. I can't get banked. Okay, It took me four years to find one bank here in America that would allow me to open a business bank account, make.com. Our biggest wow. professional challenge is payments. Okay, PayPal won't work with adult content. Stripe can't. And by the way, the families of Stripe are friends and supporters. That They spoke to their bank who would not allow them to work with us. Every tech service I need to use, be it hosting, encoding, encrypting, the terms of service always say no adult content. We had to build our entire video sharing platform from scratch as proprietary technology because existing streaming services will not stream adult content. I'm so jealous of friends who built video startups on top of Vimeo. Quick, easy, simple, <laughs> I can't do that. 
Even something as simple as finding an email partner to send a membership emails out with. MailChimp won't work with adult content. Rejected by six or seven to be found, send written word. A couple of years ago, I needed a contract UX designer. I put a perfectly standard job description up on Upwork. 20 minutes later, Upwork took it down and told us we were not allowed to advertise jobs on Upwork because we're making love, not porn. Okay, infuriating. Wow. Now, I'll tell you what overcomes all these barriers, Michael. Um, enough funding totally overcomes these barriers. And, and here's my challenge on the funding front. Um, my biggest obstacle finding investors is the social dynamic that I call fear of what other people will think. Yes. Because it is never about what the person I'm talking to thinks. When you understand what we're doing and why we're doing it to make love not nobody can argue with it. The business case is clear. It's always their fear of what they think other people will think, which operates around sex unlike any other area. And, and, and here's my special challenge. I know my investors are out there. They are impossible to find by the usual means. Because sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. The people wow. who think we totally get it don't. The people who thought we're total prudes do. There is one thing that I know anybody willing to fund me, all my investors have in common, okay? And that is your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. It's a function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality, driven by an experience. And there is no way to research and target that. And so what I do is I put what I'm doing out there all the time because I have to rely on synaptic connections being made that will draw those investors to me. And by the way, this does work every so often, but it is a, a very long and painful process. Wow. So how do you actually go about that? You, you put yourself out there. I mean, I'm coming from the traditional startup scene where, you know, you go to a demo day, you go potentially to a combinator, you present on LinkedIn, you write beautiful posts, and you have lines of investors that are coming, trying to get a piece of that equity for your startup. Yep. So, um, so you know, I've been lobbying Y Combinator for years to welcome sex tech startups. They don't. Okay. Um, also, bear in mind, Michael, that any other founder looking for investors can at least do their research and target. They can go, right. oh, so-and-so has publicly said they want to invest in my sector, clean tech, whatever it is. So-and-so has a portfolio, publicly viewable, that indicates very clearly their interests are aligned with what I'm doing. You know, nobody is out there going, bring me sex tech. Okay. And, and so this is why what I do is I accept every media interview. You know, I accept every podcast interview request. I post all the time on LinkedIn, on social media, on Twitter about what I'm doing, the challenges I face. Because as I said, I have to rely on my messaging reaching people who go, wow, I want to hear more about this. And by the way, as I said earlier, that does in fact work especially gratifyingly in the past year. Because just as in the same way the pandemic has been very good for our business, you know, to, uh, you know at the end of, we, we've been seeing 10% month-on-month growth. Our, our video submissions rate has tripled, okay? Everyone's at home in lockdown with plenty of time in their hands to record videos and make love, not porn. Um, but also, I, I'm very pleased that I have been getting more and more investors reaching out, asking to talk about make love, not porn. Because I am setting out to raise a round of serious funding this year. And I can tell you that 
I can see those barriers breaking down. Because what I've, what I've had to do, Michael, for the past eight years since I launched MakeLoveNotCorn.tv, is I've had to parallel path two things. Building my startup and changing the cultural context around it. Because as I like to say, when you have a truly world-changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, not the other way around. You know, um, I don't wait for things to change. I make them change. And I am seeing that change happen, which is very gratifying. I think that's it. That's incredible. By the way, uh, having people record their own videos at home, I think that, you know, one of the, if, if porn in its own word is not, you know, the most taboo word, I think porn star is probably is. And uh, I think that every person that hears the word porn star has a different image of, of, what they're, of what they're thinking of that person. How do you go about in trying to encourage people to share their intimate life, which is so scary, so taboo on a social media platform? Um, so um, here's the funny thing, Michael. People are dying to become make love, not porn stars. Not porn stars, make right. love, not porn stars. So obviously, um, when we were building make love, not porn, we had to seed the platform with content pre-launch. So I and my curator spent an entire year asking our full networks and complete strangers, will you film yourselves having real-world sex drugs? And that is how I discovered that 99.9% of the time, the answer is yes. Because, you know, I would, uh, whenever I was talking about making love porn, I would always end the conversation by asking the question, so, would you be interested in contributing content? And I would always ask this question, regardless of whether I personally thought the person I was talking to would or wouldn't. And that's how I discovered that most of the time the answer was yes, to the extent that I literally had to force my facial features to stay immobile because I want to go, what? <laughs> you, know, um, you know, the desire to do this lies a lot closer to the surface of many more people than you would ever have thought. And given a reason, given a social mission and social values, people jump at the chance. Wow. I and, honestly, that, that, is, that is very surprising. No, is that mean, and, does that mean that I can be optimistic going forward that we will be in a world where, you know, sharing our sex life is normal and is actually encouraged? Yeah, and obviously, by the way, you only have to do this um, if you want to. But, but here's the fascinating thing, Michael. Our Make Love Not Porn stars tell us that socially sharing their real-world sex has been as transformative for them and their relationships as sharing everything else has been for the world at large. So we have, for example, many solo videos, okay, men and women, and, and by the way, non-binary trans individuals who film themselves masturbating. And by the way, often for the first time ever, you know, the majority of our Make Love Not Porn cells have never filmed themselves doing anything sexual before. They're doing us, they believe in our social mission. They film this very intimate act and shared it on our platform to be watched by complete strangers. They tell us that doing that made them love themselves more. It enhanced their sexual sense of self, their sexual self-esteem. Couples tell us doing this transformed their relationship. Because when you decide to film yourselves having sex, you have to talk about it. And when you talk about it, it doesn't matter how long you've been together. The conversation goes places it's never, ever gone before. Couples write to us and say, we thought we were open. Doing this just took our relationship to a whole new level. And, and here's also um, a very interesting thing, Michael. So we have a revenue sharing business model which I designed to democratize access to income. Our members pay to subscribe, rent, and stream social sex videos. Half that income goes to our contributors, our Make Love Not Born stars. And 
I'm thrilled to say that during the pandemic, like everyone else, our makeup not porn stars have lost jobs, can't find work. So just to finish, I was going to say, we are thrilled that our makeup not porn stars tell us that our monthly payouts are helping them survive the pandemic. Again, even at our micro bootstrapping scale. So I want to hit the kind of critical mass where one day your social sex video on Make Love Not Porn gets a million rentals at, you know, a dollar a rental and we give you half that income. That's unbelievable. Cindy, I think that what you're doing is revolutionary. It's innovative. It's scary. Uh, I'm, but I'm leaving here more optimistic and interested than, than, I, than I thought I would uh, because I think that you know, uh, for anybody that goes on the, on the website, listens to the TED talk and everything, I think that we, we start to understand what you're doing. We're aligned with it. But but hearing you explain really the, the far outreaching benefits of, of how that's going to have the implications it's going to have on our world and our society, our relationships, our lives, our happiness levels, our comfort levels, our contentness. I think that's inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with me and with my friends and colleagues. Before we leave, I have to ask you for the most important question, which is three words that you would use to describe yourself. The three words I would use to describe myself are ask other people. Ask I have my people. own philosophies, Michael. Make Love Not Porn is education through demonstration. I'm all about communication through demonstration. I don't define myself. I believe in being judged by my actions. And so whenever anybody asks me how I describe myself, I say, ask other people because their judgment and their observation is what matters. Cindy, thank you very, very much. Stay safe and stay healthy. And I'm looking forward to follow the journey because I think it sounds, uh, it sounds really fascinating and I can't wait to see where it takes our society. Thank you. Thank you, you Michael. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Really, really wonderful. Thank you, Cindy. I'll send it to you as soon as we have it. It was really, really great. 